I'm so used to having colleagues to labor by side by side, even from the front investments. Um, Gary is away on vacation. Ryan is off for a three-day um, uh, school that he's uh, uh, being uh, joining, and so here I am. Uh, by, and, and Rob is uh, uh, tied up, so I'm got this whole thing by myself. The Archbishop gave us a lovely sermon on Sunday. I, uh, like others of you, sometimes I was not here on Sunday. I was far away, and I loved the opportunity to stream and join you all, join us um, on Sunday and hear his sermon. He focused on the gospel story of the third resurrection appearance. So I thought I'd go a different uh, direction uh, this morning, and uh, rich as that story is, and um, I guess I'll add one, one thought. Uh, Obviously, everybody ponders 153 fish. What does that symbolize or mean or what is it? And one of the loveliest explanations I've ever heard of it was the idea that in that era of history, first century uh, time of the world, there were 153 nations um, around the world at that time. And that, uh, that these uh, fishermen that Jesus was raising up to be fishers of men uh, would go to all, you know, all the points of the world, all corners of the world, and those fish represented, you know, the great ingathering of the faithful that would take place in human history and to all nations. Three thoughts about this story from the Book of Acts: It's the remarkable story of the conversion of Saint Paul, the transformation of Saint Paul, uh, the Saint Paul who was made into a new man, who here is still called Saul, but will soon claim a new name, Paul, the man we know as Saint Paul. Three thoughts. Um, first of all, there are two realms, uh, the natural realm and the supernatural realm, the rational realm and the transrational realm, realm it's sometimes called. Not all believe that, uh, but Christians have uh, known that through the ages that there are actually two realms and we appear to have one foot in each realm. Angels seem to spend most of their time in the spiritual realm or the supernatural realm. They sometimes intersect with the, with the uh, physical realm. Um, uh, we seem to have our feet in both realms. Uh, a second thought, God invites us to cooperate in his work of rescuing others. How lovely that he wants to involve you and me in the rescuing of his children. And a third thought, interruptions are often God opportunities. And when we are interrupted in the regular course of our life, we need to ask a spiritual question. And that is, is this simply an inconvenience or is this a God opportunity? We have all three of these truths in this story with St. Paul. Uh, first of all, uh, there are two realms, the natural and the supernatural. Paul approaches Damascus, and he has this extraordinary encounter with the risen Lord. This is post-ascension. This is God seated, and the Lord seated at the right hand of his Father in heaven. But there is an, an intersection, an interaction with Paul. And he has a word of... Uh, of a challenge and direction. Saul is completely taken um, off his feet, literally. And he asks, uh, who are you, Lord? And uh, 
Saul, uh, Jesus replied, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, which is a profound thought in itself because Paul might have said, no, I'm persecuting these Jews who claim to follow you. But Jesus has identified himself uh, as the body of Christ. He said, you are persecuting me when you persecute them. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Quite a profound thought in itself. So we have this uh, spiritual, supernatural encounter. Then we have this faithful disciple, Ananias, uh, in Damascus, where Paul was headed. And uh, the Lord says to him in a vision. So the, the willingness to listen into that supernatural realm, the spiritual realm. And in that listening and in that vision, he gets a word of direction. And just to acknowledge these, the continued duality of this, um, uh, the Lord says to him, rise, Ananias, go to a specific address on the street called Stress, at the, uh, straight at the house of Judas, for there's a man there, Saul, Paul, who has seen in a vision, uh, again, the intersection of these two realms, a man named Ananias come and lay his hands on him. So Ananias pushes back, Lord, I know who you're talking about. This is the fellow who is persecuting anyone who gives witness to the person of Jesus. He said he has done much evil to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he is coming with authority to do the same here, bind people up and take them back to Jerusalem and see that they are punished for their faith. And uh, the Lord uh, will have none of that. Uh, the Lord doesn't mind us wrestling with him and arguing with him about things we uh, are charged with doing. But the Lord says to him, I, I think of it as a go with an exclamation point uh, in Scripture. Um, there's a go for he is a chosen instrument. I imagine the Lord says something like to Ananias, go. <laughs> uh, he is a chosen instrument of mine. And I will show him how much he must suffer. So Ananias please take note, is obedient. He wrestles with the Lord about this difficult challenge to do, but then he is obedient. And he goes, and I I believe it's one of the loveliest little brother-to-brother transactions in the New Testament. He goes to the house, he finds Saul, and he lays hands on him as he has been directed to do. And I would say with courage, he says, brother Saul, reaching across the chasm of, uh, of this man who is a self-righteous Pharisee Jew and this Ananias, a faithful Christian, and he calls him brother. How much did that help tear down, you know, remove the wall, that, the dividing wall? And what courage that took to this man who was persecuting the church, and Ananias says, brother Saul. He said, he has sent me so that you may regain your sight. Again, the supernatural realm. Regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's an anointing of power going on in this transaction. And so uh, it all takes place. Saul submits to that, his own cooperation. After all, he's been blind for three days. He's been fasting for three days, apparently. He's, he's, there's a huge spiritual transformation going on in this a moment of time. And it's something like scales fall from his eyes. That whatever was the blindness is gone. He regains his sight. 
And keep in mind, he rose and he was baptized. This is a wonderful moment of Christian faith being ignited. And so Paul is put into the waters of baptism and has raised up a new man, a man of faith in Christ Jesus. And breaking fast, he takes food and he was strengthened. So we, we have those three elements here. We have this very significant um, um, blending of the two realms, the natural and the supernatural going on. Visions, um, Jesus encounter, um, um, just all kinds of ways that this uh, unfolds uh, this, our participation, participating in the two realms. And the privilege that Ananias enjoys and being a part of God's plan of redemption for Saul. And the privilege that we can enjoy for being a part of God's plan of redemption for other individuals by reaching out to them. Uh, God invites us to cooperate with him. And these interruptions. Saul is interrupted on the road to Damascus in a massive way. Ananias is interrupted with a vision while he is praying. And he... Uh, he changes course and goes and seeks out Saul. And in all of this, there are these God opportunities through these interruptions that these men pay attention to and respond to and are obedient to. I think we all can sort of take that to heart, those three elements. Uh, just realize that we are required to have that, the eyes of the heart and the ears of the heart to listen of what's going on in that spiritual realm and how we are to uh, cooperate and be a part of things, um, that we all are to cooperate in the sense of God does his work of rescuing his beloved through our own efforts and through our own work. And especially, perhaps, we think an interruption is an inconvenience and an irritation, and perhaps, ah, no, uh, take every interruption and pause and say, is this a holy interruption? Is it something the Lord... Uh, has, wants me to uh, engage and uh, uh, take hold of. And uh, so often, the answer can be or will be, yes, seize that opportunity and be a servant of the Lord. Let us pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, because of the conversion of Saul to St. Paul, we have much of the New Testament the letters and the story of the life of Paul, his own witness and his own wisdom and his own uh, work to explain the gospel of grace and our means of salvation through your death on the cross and the power of your resurrection. And for all the work that Saul did for Gentiles like us, not so much for the Jews, yet, uh, yet for Gentiles, across uh, the known world of that time. Thank you, Lord, for the, uh, the ripple effect of that that has gone down through 20 centuries and reached our own lives, that we are children of Abraham, children of the promise, and children of the new covenant. We praise you and bless you, Lord. And Lord, uh, make us intentional to consider interruptions as perhaps opportunities for holy action on our part. And Lord, may we be useful for your plans and work of rescuing others. 
We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.